is uh, Alex Cummings again at the uh, most wonderfully named conference uh, in all academe, SACRF. That's SACRF. Um, I, don't ask any of us what it stands for. It's way too long. Um, anyway, we're here uh, working with the organization to uh, talk to people, uh, scholars, historians, uh, planning scholars, about their recent uh, academic work, their recently published books, and um, we're excited to be here today. Hi, I'm Janet Bednarik, and I'm a professor of history at the University of Dayton, Ohio, and uh, I study airports. <laughs> and not just airports. And how? Um, so yeah, no, this is really exciting. Um, Professor Bednarik is uh, a tremendously accomplished scholar, um, two-time, five-term uh, head of the Urban History Association. She's published tons of books, uh, most recently on airports, certainly, but on a lot of other issues as well, uh, military, history, housing, and so forth. Um, I actually got to see um, you present a few years ago um, about the politics of airport construction, I think at UHA, and uh, it was a tremendously uh, interesting talk. So um, it's not something that uh, people think about that much unless they happen to live near an airport, in which they think about it all the time. Exactly, um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So how did you come to this topic? Well, um, I originally trained as an urban historian um, at the University of Pittsburgh with Sam Hayes and um, studied planning history. Uh, I was very interested in downtowns and downtown um, renewal and revival. Um, but when I came out of graduate school 30 years ago, there just weren't a whole lot of jobs out there, as hmm. is usually the case. Yeah. Um, and I, I finally found a, a full-time job with benefits uh, actually working for the United States Air Force. Right. And um, so I, I very quickly um, became uh, an expert in uh, aviation history as well. Um, and then after a few years, um, this job came up at the University of Dayton where they wanted someone who could do urban history and aviation history. And lo and behold, um, there I, I've been there since 1992. Um, but then I began to think, well, how can I put these two very, very different fields together? And where urban history meets aviation history is at the airport. And it turned out that, it, surprisingly, it was a subject that not a lot of people had really um, done a lot of work on. And so uh, it was a wide open field. Why do you, why do you think that this uh, subject has been so understudied or overlooked? Well, I think that airports, like um, a lot of public works, are um, that invisible infrastructure. Uh -huh. you know, it's, it's the things that we take for granted. Our streets, our sewers, our water, um, our electricity systems. Um, unless we consciously think about them, um, they're there and we only pay attention to them when they don't work. Right. Um, and uh, airports are like that. We want it there when we need it and we want it to, it to work when we need it. But otherwise, it really isn't a part of our, our everyday lives, and so we can kind of ignore it. That is so interesting that you say that, because I feel like, you're right, people ignore infrastructure just in general. Sometimes we hear about it in scholarship when it's like urban renewal or, you know, a freeway being put through a poor uh, minority neighborhood or something. Like, in those political fraught moments, we, we hear about it. But I've tried to, like, do research on, you know, 
the construction of the interstate highway system, it is very difficult to find any kind of scholarship that it, like even gives you basic information about like when was I forty built and exactly. like how was how did that happen? It just it just doesn't seem to get attention. Yeah, um, the only person I know that's done a lot of work on that is Ray Mole. Absolutely, yep. And but beyond him, try try finding work. Um, <laughs> And so, um, but actually, my my uh, my inspiration was uh, Marty Melosi. Um, he wrote about the history of garbage. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, if Marty Melosi can become, um, you know, well known and and respected historians studying something that again. No one would think about studying. Well, maybe I can do for airports what Marty Melosi did for garbage. Wow. <laughs> I've been to some airports that are garbage. Um, yeah, unfortunately, especially uh, here in the U.S. Yeah, I think it's. I think airports are really interesting um, because, to me, they seem to be like – there's such powerful symbols of modernity, this promise of the compression of time and space and this – incredible technology that puts an incredibly heavy metal object in the air and yes. it's it, it's it's always been associated with modernity but it's all, there are also these incredibly contrived uncomfortable artificial spaces like one of my my dissertation advisor once uh compared sort of like prison architecture and airport yeah. architecture yeah. <laughs> like there's some commonality there yeah, well, especially um, when security became important at airports. Um, initially, if you look back at some of the airport designs, the architectural designs, say from the late 30s or the late 1940s, it did emphasize a freedom of flight, um, uh, glamour, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. But um, once you had hijackings right. and terrorists, then it had to be more about security. And of course, as the number of people flew, um, it they no longer became um, exclusive places. Um, early on in aviation, the people who flew were very wealthy, um, or you know they were businessmen or uh, celebrities and that kind of thing. When the everyday person began to fly, beginning in the 60s, and then certainly after deregulation, um, these places of modernity and placelessness suddenly um, had to accommodate an audience that they never really expected to accommodate. And um, they've been really working to try and uh, catch up with that ever since. Right, right. This is sort of... Airports are always under construction. Right, they always are, right? Um, This is sort of parallels like the democratization of higher education, the democratization of a lot of arenas of life, right? Um, and yet there's still some Americans who've never been on a plane, so, I mean... Yeah, it's a, it's a much smaller percentage than, than 50 years ago, but yes, there is a sizable that just won't fly or can't fly. Yeah. Have you... What, what, are, what are the big uh, problems that come up in the politics of airports and airport construction? Like, what are the main... Like, have been the main points of contention? That's the big one, right? That is the big one. That, um, that's the irreducible minimum there. Um, propeller aircrafts were noisy, but jets took it to a whole other level. Uh, and particularly the early jets, not only were they they loud, but they were loud in a very, very annoying way. Um, there were high-pitched tones to the, to the noise that really, really bothered people. And of course, um, this was 
was a kind of um, a pollution, uh, a kind of uh, a negative aspect of modernity that suburbs weren't used to dealing with. But most of our major airports are all out in the suburbs. And so you've got lots and lots of pushback against airports, against airport expansion because of noise. Yeah, and the suburb was premised on the whole idea of a verdant, bucolic, peaceful like environment, and yeah. this is the opposite. Jet noise does not fit into their worldview. Right. Yeah. Wow. So the history uh, is still with us there in so many ways. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to speak with us about this really fascinating work, especially when you're, you've are you been talking uh, pretty pretty heavily <laughs> for the last day or two. Apologize for the No, thank you so much for your work and your scholarship and your time. Um, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'd really like to thank uh, Professor Janet Bednarik for taking the time to speak with us. Um, and it was a really fascinating conversation. We're going to have a lot of more of these uh, discussions coming up soon with um, many other different scholars, professors, planners, people like that, talking about the challenges of dealing with the built environment. Um, and I think I, hopefully this will be interesting and, and revealing for people and maybe get people turned on to new books that they might not have heard about. We'd really like to thank Julian Chambliss and Walter Greeson, as well as our other allies and friends in SACRIF, um, for helping make this possible. And, of course, our production team of Nick Hoffman and KJ Shepard as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff rolling out over the next couple weeks, and um, we really hope you enjoy it. All right. Thank you. <laughs>